0: Well, what an incredible honor, what an incredible privilege it is to to get to stand in front of legends who have said to God, here am I, send me. What an incredible honor. And uh, just to clarify, the one mountain that I did climb uh, was Mount Tapiaonuku, which is Maori for Footprint of the Rainbow. And it is the mountain that Sir Edmund Hillary used to practice on on the weekends Um, But I didn't make the summit. If you've ever done any mountain climbing, at any moment, the weather will come in. And I don't know, maybe this is a really early parallel. It's not even in my notes. But in your mountain climbing, be prepared for the weather to have a crack at you. And uh, so we were 60 vertical meters short of the summit. But it's very, very easy to decide to descend the mountain when you can't see two feet in front of you and you are sharing the heavens with thunder and lightning. It makes it very exhilarating. But Kiwis are known for adrenaline. So, uh, hey, before we go anywhere else, why don't we just uh, gather our thoughts, gather our spirits. Let's connect with the throne room and the summit of heaven, eh? Come on, let's just uh, still our minds, still our hearts. Father, help. Lord, we uh, we know in part... We understand in part, we do our best, but actually, God, you wrote the book, and that's the book we want. That's the plan we want. That's the blueprint we want. And so, come Holy Spirit, we give you unhindered access. We recognize your absolute authority in this place. And Lord, I do have my notes, but you hold time. And so, uh, Lord, what I speak, I pray something, somewhat of it may plant in our hearts. Lord, in the Old Testament, they chiseled it in stone and wrote it on parchment. In the New Testament, we hear you write it on our hearts. So come and grab a Sharpie, Lord, and write all over our hearts this morning, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, please say amen. Amen. You know, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of days about mindsets, about understandings, about perceptions, and uh, my my message is going to be no different. But um, just to give a little p- bit of perspective and perhaps maybe link this Kiwi, sort of, with you. Um, my, uh, my mum used to be a nurse in Alton. Is that how you say it? Alton? 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 Somewhere down south anyway. And, uh, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually English assembled and Canadian delivered. If you can figure that one out. <laughs> Alright, so, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm English assembled, Canadian delivered, and I now live in New Zealand, so I'm up for the next chairman of the UN. Um, and, uh, but you know, when my grandma came out to New Zealand for the very first time, many of her family were petrified and she was like, why, what are you so worried about? And they go, please, please be careful. And she's going, why and she goes, a wave might wash across the country? Just like that completely went over your heads right there. I want to tell you that 60% of our nation is mountains higher than 5,000 feet. So it would be a rather large wave. And uh, my mum and dad took grandma for a trip from Auckland down to Rotorua. And the whole time, grandma's doing this rubbernecking out the window. And they thought she was just being a really great tourist. But she had this look of fear on her face. And mum turned around and she goes, mum, what's wrong? And she's going, I'm just trying to see if there's any dinosaurs behind the hills. And mum's going, mum, there's no dinosaurs. They're all dead. She goes, what about people who still wear grass skirts? We, we've been a country for a little while not quite as long as the UK But we have been a country for a little while and we are relatively modern so uh, This morning if you're taking notes and you should do because you're leaders Navigation takes imagination. That's what I want to share with you this morning But before we go with that, I just want to make you a little bit jealous This is where Suzanne and I live um, this is what we see, That the top picture is the, the front entrance to our complex, and I didn't build it, but I have the incredible, incredible honor of sitting in the office of a leader and a leadership team who had a vision to build a complex that would change the face of the community outside the town boundary, and the town has now enveloped us. This is the, this is the complex that Ian Bilby and his team built back in the late 70s and early 80s. And uh, this view, well, that's what Marlborough looks like for a good part of spring and summer, with the Wither Hills in the background. But uh, Suzanne and I have two incredible sons who are married. They're both pastoring in their own right. On the left is our oldest son, and on the right is our youngest son. And we have two brand new grandchildren. So we are we are we are a growing family. We got Theodore on the left, who's 11 months old, and Kira on the right, who is about she's two weeks old. So uh, she was just born just before we came out to the UK. So our hearts are full right now. Our hearts are full. When I received an email from uh, Pastor Chris, giving me the brief on what we're going to do today and the theme of your conference, imagine. Uh, honestly, guys, I, I, I just about blew a circuit board. I was like, imagine I can do that. You just need to ask my wife. She, saw it and she was like, oh, he's going to have so much trouble with that. I, I'm, a, I'm a really visual sort of guy. I, I have this 25-screen cineplex that runs 24-7 up here. And I think, imagine, oh, man, I can so do that. And as I was thinking about this conference, and as I was thinking about what was likely to be shared in the different sessions, I began to think about what, got, what God had given us. And I believe that God has given each and every one of us an inexhaustible gift, and that gift is imagination. I want you to think about this. How could any... Oh, it's gone. How could any of those paintings be done? How could any of this stage set be done? How could symphonies be composed or cathedrals be built without someone first being able to imagine it? We've got to be able to see it in here. We've got to be able to see it And then we can build it. Every single one of us have been given that gift equally. But unfortunately, not every one of us use it equally. In fact, if I may be so bold, some of us have lost the ability to use it. You know, the seven last words of a dying ministry, a dying church, a dying business, the seven last words are, we never did it that way before. As soon as you start using that language, you ring the toll on your season. I'm sure that you've heard this phrase, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, your imagination is a muscle. And if you don't use it, it goes into atrophy. And when it goes into atrophy, it gets small and it gets hard and it gets inflexible. We never did it that way before. We've been really, really challenged in New Zealand recently. Um, When Kevin and Margaret Pete came out to us a number of years ago, um, as I was sharing at the, um, in my welcome in the business meeting, they still are the first international speaker that we've had that we had done an earthquake drill during the church service. And uh, just recently, um, we experienced the largest earthquake we had ever experienced. We had a a 7.8 where... um, uh, you know, we were, it was, uh, our house was shaking so violently that we literally couldn't walk. We were hands and knees crawling out of our bedroom while stuff was flying off our duchesses and down in my office down the other end bookshelves were coming down, and things were coming off the wall and we spent three quarters of the night wrapped in a big quilt underneath our dinner table just riding out all the aftershocks. And it has literally forced New Zealand into rethinking our building codes. It has forced New Zealand to rethinking how they do their roads and where they put the railway lines. And, and uh, you know, it, it, there's some things that happen that just make us rethink. And if we don't, then we recede. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that I'm a bloke when it comes to imagination. You know, as a bloke, a, a stick can be a sword. It can be a bazooka. It can be a lightsaber. Or it can be Gandalf stuff, you know, you shall not pass. I mean, come on, where I live, it's the home of Middle Earth. <laughs> or for those of you who are more Narnia minded, it is the home of Care Paravel. You know, Cathedral Cove, where Care paravel that place exists. That wasn't green screen technology. That's real. And it's beautiful. And I run the risk of telling too much about my nation and Pastor Chris losing half his pastors because you'll all want to move to paradise. (laughs) But you know what? I want you to think about that. I mean, I showed you that picture of Marlborough just to make you a little bit jealous because I'm just a little bit naughty. But, you know, we get to do that every single time we speak into someone's life about the things of God. Imagine, imagine making them so jealous. About the peace and the love and the joy that you have, that it causes something inside them to yearn for what you have. That classic phrase: "What's so different about you?" Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Have you considered how utterly blessed your next door neighbours are to live right next door to you? Did I do? Was that a good enough British intonation? Was it? Was it? I'm working on it. Eh? I'm working on it. Unlike at Exeter. On Sunday morning when I was using the phrase, now let me say this correctly otherwise Nita will, will heckle me, the best is yet to come. Was that better? Because I just said the best is yet to come and, and, and I talked about your retired GS had written a book called the best is yet to come. They all thought I said the best is yet to come. <laughs> and they're thinking what is our GS written about? The best is yet to come. Well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to get into a revelations um, argument right now, but I hope my accent doesn't put you off too much. We're at a leaders summit, a church leaders summit, so come on, let's just bring this back. As a very young pastor in our very first year of pastoring, Suzanne and I got asked this question, and I want to present it to you this morning. And um, honey, you probably need to get that clock on your phone because I forgot to bring mine up with me. So this was the question. If your church closed its doors and ceased to exist today, would it be missed tomorrow or even noticed that it was gone? That is a really good question for you to run past your leadership team once a year. If you guys shut your doors today and you cease to exist or even be on your piece of land tomorrow, would people even notice you had gone? Just got very quiet. For many, the word imagine when we use it, it immediately takes us to the grand and the great. And could it be possible? You know the balance of that when we think about what we do? Could you imagine, could you imagine your life without Christ? Could you imagine your marriage without Christ? Could you imagine your family without Christ? Could you imagine this world without the hope of the gospel message? Of life Hope and purpose Could you imagine that A world without Jesus The hope of Jesus If that doesn't stir us Then we need to call the medics And get the paddles Because honestly I, I mean you know what I don't have enough faith to be an atheist I really don't When I sit down I believe the chair is going to hold me when I get in a plane, and I, I served for 20 years in the Royal New Zealand Air Force before I became a pastor, and my background is in aviation engineering. When I get in a plane, I go, I know this plane is going to hold me up. And then I think of the, some of the guys that I trained and some of the guys I failed on their training courses, and I go, oh, I hope they didn't work on it. <laughs> um, um, we, we, had, we had a bunch of civilian educators uh, join the military when I was uh, my last five years of and being in the force was in the training environment and in my trade alone the pass mark was 80% and, and that was back in the day when if you failed you actually failed you didn't get a not yet achieved i don't know i don't know how the schooling system in the uk works here but they've gone really soft in new zealand and there's a, there's a fair amount of old school in me and in my in, in my days you failed you failed and if you cried well suck it up and deal with it and i had 20 year olds in my office and i had to tell them you have failed pick a bus ticket you're going home They'd weep and they'd burst into the desert. No, no, sorry, you failed. Suck it up. Deal with it. And we had an educator saying, oh, you guys are setting the standard too high. Lower it to 50% like everybody else. And we said, we're happy to do that if you're the only person that flies on their plane. And they went like, oh, no, leave it where it is. Leave it where it is. Come on, we've got to get stirred about... How are going to do things? The potential picture of a world without Jesus is utterly terrifying. I, I, I don't even want to begin to think where my life would be without Jesus. It would be terrifying. But you know what? As we navigate our ministries, as we build our churches, as we raise disciples, we need to ask these questions. And here's two for you. Will we leave a footprint that will become a legacy? And will we build something for a generation that you and I won't see? Five years ago, Suzanne and I uh, had the pleasure of of joining you when you had your conference in Telford. We were on our sabbatical and we'd spent three and a half weeks in Europe and then four weeks here in the UK. And I had some moments on my bucket list was the Colosseum. And I'm standing in the Colosseum in Rome like this kind of... Full, stroking the columns, going to Sue's, would you pinch me? You? I studied history at school and it was on my bucket list to get to the Coliseum. and We walked on a piece of road that had been laid in 69 AD, 30 years after Jesus died. And it's like, what? I sat in Winchester Cathedral, just shy of a thousand years old, and people were still coming to worship God in that house. And it made me think about our building, which was built in the late late 1970s finished and opened in 1981. And I thought, number one, A, will it still be standing in a thousand years? In New Zealand, I'm not too sure with all the earthquakes. But, but the second question was, if it is still standing, will people still come and worship God there? Will you build something? Will you dream something? Will you enact and, and empower something for a generation that you may not see? See, this is not about my world and my empire—I I, just—I I felt so challenged following Tim and Laura. I was like, I got to get up after those guys. But actually, you know what? Like I said yesterday, we got to take some brave pills and put our big boy pants on because what they're saying is true. As a pastor of a church, I've got to take some risks, and I've got to—I've got to get some 16, 17, 18, 21-year-olds preaching in the pulpit that I have held for 15 years. I, I just appointed for the very first time last year, my first elder under the age of 30. And oh, the politics. Oh, he, he will make a great elder in about 15 years. And it was like, are you kidding? You'll be dead and he'll be my age. Yeah, we get hung up on the phrase elder. Elder does not mean age. Okay, it means gifting and calling and ability and governance and you know what? There are some 20-year-olds out there who can teach us some stuff. Like I said in the business meeting, you know, we've got we've got people in our churches and their businesses who have got, they, they manage 20 million or 20 million pound accounts and they hire and fire, but we don't think they're good enough to even open the door for our guests. It's like, really? No wonder they leave. Imagining is risky Navigation takes imagination Our nation Was initially populated by people Who had to navigate by the stars And you know what The heavens move And they had to Navigate by a moving sphere I love that that word At the end of Timalora session Movement So 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 good you know, when it comes to imagining the sky is not the limit, our brain is. We're a people of faith, yes? Oh, Flip, we should hold an altar call right now. <laughs> are we a people of faith? Yes. Come on, UK, are you faith-filled people? Yes. I heard louder sounds than that at Exeter City versus Carlisle United. Shame on us. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not, I don't want to heap shame on you, but I do want to turn the flame up under you. The Bible doesn't talk about faith only, does it? It talks about faith and... I know people, I know Christians who operate like this, faith without hints is dead. Come along, someone, come along someone and go, oh, I really like that gift. Sounds like a good one. We could probably use that in our church. The person's left standing there. Are you offering me a job or are you just jealous? You know, faith without works is dead. We've got to put some nuts and bolts on this. So let's get practical. Next month, the Lions tour New Zealand. Yeah. That was really British. That wasn't British at all. Come on, where are the West Ham United fans? Yay. No wonder you're not the top of the league. Where are the Chelsea fans? Oh, my goodness. Okay, is this a rugby town? Where are the Lions fans? Thank you. We're there. We're there. You know what really excites me about two of the best rugby teams in the world meeting? All Blacks versus the Lions. Because I don't class the Wallabies or the Springboks anywhere near the best right now. Every time I see a news item of these rugby teams, what do I see? I see them passing, kicking, running, tackling, scrummaging. I see them doing the basics over and over and over and over again. Tiger Woods, in his heyday, one of the greatest golfers of the world, he would say, I don't practice to get it right. I practice so I don't get it wrong. Are you doing the basics and doing it well? Are you making sure you practice the basics to get it so you don't get it wrong? When it comes to navigating mission and ministry, we are called to do, we're not called to do anything new. The issues and the problems we face are not new, but they are packaged in a new way. Old-fashioned problems still need old-fashioned principles. Principles to deal with them, but I'd like to suggest to you that those old-fashioned problems are packaged in a new way, so those old-fashioned principles need to be packaged in a new way too. A good friend of mine, he is the retired GS of the New Life Churches of New Zealand, has this quote that I love, his name's Pastor Bruce MacDonald, he says this, methods are many, principles are few, methods may vary, principles never do ecclesiastes chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun is there anything of which we can say look this is something new it was here already long ago it was here before our time you know what our churches have never ceased to be a center of hope but today our churches are not just brick and mortar and open one day of the week Church is seven days a week Um, I'm not too sure of of the labor market or how it works here in the uk But in new zealand There is no such thing as a saturday sunday weekend with a 40-hour working week anymore Some people their weekend may be tuesday and then friday They may get two individual days if they're lucky Get to get a day off and so we got to think about how we do church seven days a week As leaders We have to give intentional thought to our complexes. Uh, Are we building our church complexes so that the doors are only open on Sunday? Or are we building them so that they're open and available seven days a week? Do we have mystery over our gate? For many years, we've got quite a large car park and people would drive past. and I mean, it was completely open. They could see right in, but they wouldn't turn in. It was like there was this force field on the gate that said, mystery, do not enter. And so we started programs during the week. We call M&Ms, Mums, Music and Movement for Mums and Tots. And, and we do different things throughout the week. And we, our, our, for, for 35 years, our church venue was the largest seated auditorium in Marlborough. And so we would have the, meet the candidates' meetings for the local and the general elections. And we would hold things for the, for whole, the whole community in our auditorium. We have a school with our church. And... And uh, so they would put on musicals and invite all the rest homes in the other schools. Uh, many years ago, um, my, uh, the, my late uh, associate uh, pastor, my children's pastor, uh, he passed away a number of years ago. But he realized that because of the changing work market, what are parents going to do with their kids during the school holidays? So we started a super kids holiday program. If you want to talk about what Elam does back in the roots, back in the roots... The old problems needed old principles and communities needed to change. So Elam moved into a community and they prayed and they called on God and they brought the presence of God and they changed and brought influence into the community, planted a church and then moved on to the next center. When we started our holiday program, there wasn't a single holiday program in Blenheim. And my, and Kevin, my pastor, he, my children's pastor, he sourced funding and he bought big inflatable bouncy castles and, and and we had bouncy castles on the, on the, on the peak of our children's program. We would get 350 kids a day coming into our complex just to bounce on bouncy castles and ride on vintage fire engines. It was chaos, absolute organized insanity, but so much fun. Now we average about 100 to 120 a day, but there's something like 15 holiday programs. Because they went, oh, that's a good idea. And lots of them have got inflatables now because they went, oh, that's a really good idea too. So when you think about changing your community, get a bit practical. Imagine, imagine what it would look like for the youth groups to put on the best rock concert in town. You can't tell me people shouldn't raise their hands in singing. Just pay the money and go to a decent concert. Not only do they raise their hands, but they light their phones up as well. And they think we're weird in church. And they all stand down the front. And so there's got about this much room and they're all like this. And yet when we do that in church, that's a little weird. We invented it. Just own it. Church is about connection with and with our community. Opportunity of a lifetime lives within the lifetime of the opportunity. Discern the opportunity and take it. We've, uh, very quickly, we've had to go on That I'm really excited about what's being led here because we've been on this journey. What does Elam look like? How are we supposed to behave? What is it that makes... Us, Elam. And so our national leadership team went on a three-year journey of asking those questions. And we came up with some DNA statements. And see, we've got this geographic difference in New Zealand. We've got an island that's separated by a range of mountains that's higher than 5,000 feet, and we've got communities that are isolated, one community on the west coast of the South Island. There are only three roads that can get to that community, and in really bad weather or snow, they are completely isolated. But how do people know that they are, how do the people know that they're Elam if they visit that place? Because we've got things like common branding. We went to, in fact, it was so exciting. Suzanne and I drove up from Exeter to here at Harrogate on uh, Monday via Mulvern. And uh, we round round some of the narrowest streets we've ever driven on, trying to dodge eighteen-wheeler lorries and people who are parked in the lane that I'm supposed to be driving in. Some driving up the wrong side of the road when there's only just enough room for a bicycle and a truck's coming. And thinking it's all part of the adventure. You know? And we come round a corner and there it is. There's the Elam logo. It's exactly the same logo that we've got in New Zealand. It's like woohoo! We're home. Common branding. You know, I don't believe we have understood the power of identity. Because in a nation, you know, I don't know whether you'll know this, but New Zealand is actually geographically larger than the UK by 24,000 square kilometers. The thing is, you've got 59 million more people living here. I mean, our sheep count doesn't even come close to that. But we've had to really, really use a common identity. I, I want you, And I'm not talking about cookie-cutter church here. I'm not talking about cookie-cutter Christians. I want to ask you this question. If someone goes from Harrogate to Malvern, and then from Melbourne to Exeter, then Exeter to London, then London to Glasgow, will they recognize the Neelam church? See, here's this. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. But they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Are you recognizable, Elam, UK? And before anyone starts to stand and get British and defend your individuality and your uniqueness. If I may be so bold to put it that way. Let me just test that individuality because I actually believe the All Blacks are going to thrash the lions. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I just found common identity. (laughs) <laughs> I did that on purpose because whilst we try to protect our individuality, you know what? Actually, we all got a, a linked identity. There are many people here who are Lions fans and good on you. Get noisy. And then weep quietly. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever get invited back, but anyway. Um, but here's the thing is, are you recognizable as having been with Jesus an Elam family, are you recognizable as being Elam? Just asking. What does Elam look like? Well, how does it behave? We've got common branding. We've got a, a nationwide family DNA. That uh, Actually, if you want to, um, Steve, if you want to just go right to the very last slide, please. Uh, we spent three years, and this is what it looks like. We are the church that welcomes as family. Invites people is relevant and expects breakthrough and each of these have got an action point. We have fun 360 degree honor. We accept everyone but not every behavior We do life together We invite people be yourself sow the seed make the big ask share your god story is relevant saying things on sunday that help people on monday Be authentic and real excellent in presentation always learning And then expects breakthrough Worship genuinely, pray relentlessly, believe for miracles. Everyone is a minister, fully formed, devoted followers of Christ. Because you know what? Without the presence of God, we are just a groovy club that for some reason meets really early on a Sunday morning. Why would we do that? Except for the fact that we're gathering in the presence of the creator of the heavens and the earth. And it is him and him alone. That transforms from the inside out. Let me just share one story as I, as I bring this into land. I've been so excited about hearing that phrase so many times this, over the last couple of days. Because I use that phrase at home and people just think it's because I've been in the Air Force. Maybe I'm tapping into my British heritage We've got such diverse churches in New Zealand, and it's no different to he- you here in the UK. But one of the things about our common family DNA and our common branding means that there is an undeniable link through identity. I have a church in my region as, a, as, as one of the NLT. I, uh, we, our NLT members also do our regional duties and pastor our own church because we've only got 39 churches in our nation as opposed to 600 something like you. Um, but one of my churches is on that On the northern outskirts of Christchurch City Christchurch North Belfast Elam Church uh, And Pastor Stuart McClellan He's a great guy He's totally hard case He's probably could be second cousin to David Campbell I don't know he's, but Anyway, he's got that same sort of wit And uh, he's right on the edge of the city And he really wants to put a big sign outside his church That says, last point to meet Jesus For 365 kilometers I encouraged him to do it But it might upset the Anglicans across the road But anyway um, But here's the thing In Blenheim we have a a drug and alcohol Rehab center And we have many of those clients come to our church And they see our logo And they see how we behave And they get on the bus and they leave Blenheim And the bus drops them Literally the bus stop is right outside the door of their church And they look up and they go it's an Elam church. And they walk in the church and they say to Stuart, hey, do you know Tom Hatch? And he goes, actually, I do. We're good mates. And then they can we use your bathroom, please? So I'm not too sure how my name and the bathroom are linked. But anyway, but yeah, it's, it's just this common identity. There's a logo they recognize. There's a behavior that they recognize. And there's a welcome that makes them feel instantly at home. If people traveled from central city London to outer outskirts Ireland, would they realize that they've just found another extension of the family? Could you imagine the power of the gospel network in the UK if you could do that? Churches 24-7 now, folks. I've been really excited. As uh, Could we just stand now as, as I wrap this up and bring it into land? Could you imagine this morning? My uncle, who lives down in Reading, did, uh, he's been researching a little bit of our family tree. And he's got back to 1550. And it turns out that there's Viking in my background. Woo-hoo! Man, I got excited when I heard that. It explains a lot of things, especially when I go berserk. But anyway, um, could you imagine, can you imagine the spiritual family link across the face of the UK? If people visit one place and they get a touch from God and they go to another city and there's a logo that I recognize. It's a sign. And they walk in and they feel the same Holy Spirit and they go, are you guys connected? We're family. That answers so much. This is a large auditorium. And I would guarantee that, sir, in the red shirt right up there, you've just got your hands in your pockets. Yeah, you just looked around. Where are you from, sir? London. From London. Okay. Uh, right over here, there's a gentleman got a short sleeve, I think it's a blue check shirt. You're standing there like this. Where are you from, sir? Bristol. 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 Did I say that correctly? London, Bristol. Right through between these two gentlemen, I don't know, there's a good couple of hundred Elam people. Is there a DNA link between London and Bristol? Or if someone was to drive from London to Bristol, they'd go, I have no idea where I'm going to go, but I need a center of hope. Can you imagine the power of the gospel link across the nation if you grabbed hold of who you Ah In New Zealand a mountain range of 5,000 feet plus does not separate family Cook Strait between the north and the south island It's in the top five roughest pieces of water in the world when it gets angry 10 meter swells in a really good storm It doesn't separate the Elam family in Blenheim or the Elam family in Wellington Except if you're on a boat and then you just don't go there But anyway But we are linked But there are 600 churches in the UK Can you link Can you imagine the power of that link? Would you raise your hands? Father, right now. Lord, as these hands are raised, Lord, you are not separated or divided or held back by lines on a map, mountain ranges, rivers, lakes, or massive bodies of water. Would you link these hearts? Would you help them to imagine what it could look like? And then when they say yes and amen, It means, yes, so let it be. Help them to step out with their faith and connect it with the works and let there be a synergy and an extraordinary supernatural explosion of hope across this nation throughout the Elam family that would change the face of one community, then the next community, then the next. Let it be like a catalytic collision of hope and faith and purpose In the name of Jesus, bless this people. Lord, I ask now that you would do an extraordinary work of linking, building, joining, and connecting in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.